everyone, and welcome back to the arena. I am your host and league commissioner, Jolly by Nature, and with me today is the man, the myth, the legend, the last remaining finalist in UPPL competition, uh, <laughs> the number six seeded Chan Metajams, coached by one of the hosts of Puckle Podcast, one of the players of Pokemon Rollout. It's our good buddy, Professor Snag. Uh, Snag, how you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing well, and I'm I'm back. <laughs> yep, yep. You have you have now officially been on this show more often than anyone else. And what can I say? You've earned it. It is the finals, the championship round, uh, and we are all that's left standing. So congratulations, Snag. I know that you've played really, really hard to get to this point. Thank you. I appreciate it, and congratulations to you. That this was uh, it was a, a quite a road to get here, but it was uh, it was fun. It's been a great great experience. So. Yeah, it's it's been a, a wild and, and wacky season. If you would have told me, based on how the regular season went, just the regular season in a vacuum, nothing else, that that I would be facing mess and then you <laughs> at the end of the playoffs. Like like but again, that just shows that everyone who is competing at least at the highest level in this league, like like really, it's it's degrees of inches, right? Oh, certainly, yeah. Well, well, like speaking of which, like I, I went uh, like in preparation for this match, I went back and I calced uh, your scarfed high dragon versus my Coco because, like, in our first match, like you just like your Earth Power wiped it out. I didn't realize that that was a coin flip to actually Oko the Coco with a modest set. Uh, I oh maybe maybe I was uh, running it timid. I'm not sure, but I I thought there was one calc I did would have been just a coin flip. I'm like really. <laughs> I mean, it but. was it was definitely definitely close. But yeah, I think I actually ran it modest in the regular season to secure that Oko. Fair um, enough. Yeah. So, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's just one of those <laughs> things, man. But yeah, it's been a it's been a, a long and difficult season. We've each gone through eleven regular season matches. Uh, you went through two playoff matches to get here, Snag. Uh, I, I only went through one. Uh, but it's definitely been it's definitely been an experience, and we stand here at the pinnacle with only our our final challenge in this case, each other remaining. Snag, do you want to talk a little bit about the season that you've had to get to this point? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was definitely an interesting season. Like, I uh, two of my first three matches were against the number one and two seed, so like I got a very rough awakening right away uh, in in playing you two. I mean, uh, so I started off the season one and two, and uh, so I took some. Uh, it's one of those things where like I could have prepped harder for both matches, but just kind of like regular season life gets in the way. You know, I didn't focus too heavily on it at the time. Then going down the stretch, uh, when I faced off against Michael, that was the next loss that I had, which, uh, I mean, he played a, he played a really awesome match against me, so kudos to him. Like, and just like a couple th- other things could have gone his way, he could have been in the playoffs as well. And then, uh, toward the end of the season, I lost to Mikey, which I put, a, I'll admit, put a bit of a chip on my shoulder. And then, uh, the last match was against Thatch. Now, at this point in the season, the very last, uh, match, you know, Thatch and I were both, like, secured playoff spots, and, like, I'll admit I didn't quite go all out in that match because I knew if I won, I'd just be facing him the next week anyway and didn't want to, like, reveal all my sets. But in, a, uh, in the positioning, I was able to face off against Mike again again in the first round of the playoffs. So That's one thing I have to give you massive props for, Snag. Like, we had talked when we were kind of looking back at each of the teams in their individual seasons about how it was really unfortunate that it just seemed like 
whenever you squared off against a winning opponent, like, like you lost, but again, it was all like losses of inches, not of miles. Like you lost close games, but you just weren't able to eke out almost any regular season wins against opponents with winning records. And you, you turned that right around in the playoffs, um, getting back to back victories against teams that got the better of you in the regular season. Uh, and just really, really showing that when all cylinders get rolling, that you are a force to be reckoned with yeah thank you yeah i appreciate that i hope that that kind of sticks and unfortunately when i do have bad plays it's like what this guy made it into the championship <laughs> but no it, it was good like when i played against mikey and against uh scienceville and, and uh fisherman don uh and even for this match like these were matches i wanted to get back i wanted to get w's in the win column uh you know numbers in the win column and uh so i prepped really hard for all the matches coming into playoffs and i mean kudos to mikey and kudos to a uh, fisherman don both good battlers. It was unfortunate. I listened to uh, the the last episode just this morning, and it reminded me of yeah, Espion or uh, sorry, Sylveon didn't have Pixelate, which could have changed the battle a little bit there. But kudos to them on a great season, and uh, yeah, it's just very very fortunate to be here. Yeah, yeah, it, it's been it's been a wild, wild ride. I mean, there's been on, on my side of the field, there's been a, a little bit less of an up and down struggle um, throughout the season. Like, like I've been able to thankfully fairly consistently execute on, on a strategy, which which is great. But again, the numbers don't tell the full story there. Like, I went nine and two in the regular season. One of those losses was the last match of the season when we were just kind of having fun with it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those wins that we got against winning teams were very, very close things. Like I, I beat Messer engine in the regular season, quite possibly based on a sleep powder miss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know that that did define the match, but it certainly didn't help him any like, like again, all the best matches this season have been so incredibly close. And, and I knew that I could not sleep on anybody who made it into playoffs. And that proved to be very, very true. You know, I, I beat mess, but Honestly, if if he would have brought a slightly different team, and especially if he'd have just gotten a chance to set up on, on mm-hmm. Titar before I was ready for him to, like it was Dunzo's. I I ran probably ten practice matches for that match, and I lost eight of them. It's it's insane. Um, but just thankfully, I, I feel like I maybe came into that one just a little bit better prepared, and that prep really, really showed through. I, I'd agree. Like during the regular season, I didn't run scrimmages for a lot of my matches, but like uh, the the match against Messer uh, was really you know one that I was able to run a few scrims against Claude Nine, my assistant coach, with. And like in the I was in the same boat. I lost to his team several times. Uh, so, uh, he, he has a very, very scary team and just like a few things go a different, like, I remember in our original match, like I had a very careful balance of Nidoqueen Queen has to roar out Reuniclus or, uh, Sneasel has to scare out Reuniclus. So, uh, in, in a very similar manner, like, yeah, he, he has a very scary team that people have to watch out for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's really funny. We had Mess on the show last week and, you know, his big thing was, you know, I felt like I was so handicapped all season because I didn't pay enough attention to speed tiers while drafting and my team came out too slow. And it was like, you know, yes, on the base surface level, that's absolutely true. But he had so many threats that could set up with speed or things like Reuniclus that could turn those speed tiers on their head and make those Mm -hmm. slow threats fast that it never really, it never felt like he was disadvantaged in speed, I I guess, to anyone but mess himself (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) 
but yeah, it's it's been a, a nutty regular season, and we stand here at the very top and ready to to duke it out. Snag, do you want to talk a little bit about the prep that you brought into this match? Kind of where your headspace was at, what you were expecting, uh, and and what you were prepared for. Yeah, so uh, that that scarf tie dragon that you brought last time really scared me. So that was something I kept in mind uh, as I was prepping. And my the initial thought that I had is, why don't I run scarf Coco? <laughs> why don't I put a scarf on on the fastest Pokemon on the field? <laughs> and uh, eventually, I was talked out of that because it, it is the fastest Pokemon on the field, and we we had other ways to to handle scarf Pokemon. So we ended up going with uh, actually a uh, choice Specs Coco. Uh, which uh, hits your team really hard with uh, either Dazzling Gleam or the boosted Thunderbolt by the Electric Terrain. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my initial thought, though, was Scarf, Coco, and I was even going to go with Physical Set with uh, Wild Charge and uh, Brave Bird, but granted that only would have maybe, like, done damage for three or four moves before Coco kills itself. So. Sure. Um, so that, that's where I was initially thought, because I, I knew you were, uh, something was going to be scarfed. Moving uh, down the line, another key piece that I brought, uh, because your uh, Mega Glade is very, very scary, uh, I had brought on my Sneasel Foul Play. And uh, the idea behind uh, Foul Play is that it was going to be able to, uh, it, in regular conditions, it outspeeds your Glade, and uh, in almost every scenario, will Oko it. So... That, that was the idea behind Sneasel. And then I brought uh, my Cryagonal Frisbee to uh, clear hazards. And then just uh, Porygon 2 uh, was going to be my defensive tactic against anything that would have had a Scarf. And then uh, I brought Monsters of Celesteela and uh, Latios. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, on my side of the field prepping for this match, the first thing that jumped out and struck me was, you know, First step in prep, I went back, I watched our replay from week two. Mm -hmm. And obviously, there's only so much information that can be gleaned from that because you have an entirely different roster than you had in week two. I have an entirely different roster than I have in week two. I think that half of the teams that we both brought to that match are no longer on our respective rosters. Mm -hmm. So only so much information to be had there. Uh, But one thing that I realized is one thing that allowed me to be really, really effective against you in week two was the speed of Megalopony, which Mm -hmm. I no longer have. (laughs) And when I looked at the speed tiers, I realized, I was like, holy cow, you know, Mega Glade is the fastest thing on my team at base 110, and it ties some of your faster threats like Megalodios and outspeeds a couple of the others, but it's outsped by Coco. It's also outsped by, there's at least, well, you have a 115, I think. Is it Sneasel? I think Sneasel um, also outspeeds Glade, I think. Uh, I think it's like at 112. I'll have to double check and make sure. But Sneasel's, uh, Sneasel's a fast boy. Yeah, you had you had at least two that were above 110 and then several that were above base 100. You know, I, I swept you last time with Mew. And that just wasn't an option this time. Your team's too fast. You can't outspeed them, and you were going to be able to revenge kill it. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, I I settled on a couple of things coming into this match. The the first piece, however, the centerpiece of this team, way back in week two, when we were prepping for our regular season match, I sat down and I said, you know, Snag's a a really experienced competitor. He's a really smart guy. We're going to need to surprise him to beat him. Banded Don fan. And I worked around it and I played around it. And eventually I said, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself that I can win without this tech because I want it to still be a surprise come playoffs. So here we are, the finals, 
And I've still got that banded Don fan in my back pocket. Uh, <laughs> it is always nice to just kind of sit on a tech or strategy where uh, you just, uh, it's like, you know, this is something really good, but you have to use it at the right time and the right moment. And uh, the banded Don fan put in a lot of work. I had to do a lot of maneuvering around it. I did learn almost right away that it was banded. Yeah. <laughs> Should we start talking about the match blow by blow? Sure, sure. So, uh, turn one, I led out with that choice band, Don Fan. And I went out with uh, Tapu Koko, which, uh, in hindsight, might have been very predictable, but uh, that, that's okay. You know, I gotta say, at Team Preview, I was really, really surprised not to see the Nitto Queen. In practice, what I realized is that the fairly standard, fairly predictable Nitto Queen lead was actually potentially very disastrous for our banded Don Fan, because it was almost a coin flip. You know, you lead out Nitto Queen, I lead out Don Fan. Do you switch out into Celestila or Lottie to immune out the Earthquake? Or do you mm-hmm. stay in and set rocks or stay in and click Ice Beam? Because mm-hmm. you're going to expect a supportive hazard set. Mm-hmm. If I click Earthquake and you go into Celestila, then I've wasted a turn and you can start doing all the nasty things Celestila does. But if I head smash into Nitto Queen, Nitto Queen is the only thing on your team that ate that head smash well. So... That was a, a fairly like nightmare scenario, but you didn't bring Nitto Queen this week. So I immediately knew, okay, this is dope. I can lead Don Fan. I can click Head Smash without fear, and something's going to eat it. Unfortunately, you, <laughs> you swapped on turn one. You swapped into Stila, I believe, correct? I did, yes. Yep. And... That head smash was a two-hit KO on even max physically defensive Celesteela. We were teched to outspeed it. I was ready to remove that monster on turn one, and we missed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was worst case scenario for me, because we exposed the head smash. Um, at the point where you've seen head smash, band becomes pretty predictable, and we didn't actually like get the damage off. But I decided to just, at this point, I'm committed. I'm at 100% health. Let's go for it. And we clicked smash again. We connected the second time. We outsped Celesteela. We connected. And we did about 57%. So that was a physically defensive Steela. Correct, Snag? Uh, Yeah. Yep. Or at least mixed defensive. It definitely had physical yeah. investment. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was it was mixed because uh, when it did get a kill, the the beast boost was special defense. Was special defense, yeah. So it yep. definitely had spadef investment as well. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but we we landed the hit. We did over half, but you were able to get a toxic off in return, which sucked. <laughs> yep. And then uh, after that, I went into uh, protect uh, to help beef up with leftovers. Uh, which brought me back up to nearly 50%. Yeah, I predicted I predicted the protect. I figured that you had to be holding lefties and that you were going to try to eke yourself out of two-hit KO range because, of course you are, I'm toxic, you get damage, you get health. And so I took the opportunity to swap into Rotom. Which is, I mean, that's the perfect... Uh, that uh, When we were prepping, uh, Rotom is like one of your only answers for Celesteela. Uh, and basically I did another protect to get a little bit more health back, but, uh, after that, uh, Steel was out. Like, she had, she had to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, on, on, on that turn four, uh, you went ahead and protected again in Ro- Rotom's face, which was definitely the, the correct play. Get a little bit more health on me since I swapped on your last protect. And then you went out into the cryogonal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was running discharge on Rotom Wash. I was actually, I was running a scarf set. So again, when I was prepping, it became immediately and very apparent that your team had a fairly substantial speed advantage over mine. And so I decided right away that I had to address that. And so 
So I ran dual Scarfers this week. I ran both Neutron, our Rotom Wash, as well as Mondo, our High Dragon with Scarf. And that didn't feel great. I had been sitting on some different and cool high dragon sets all season thinking you know what i'm winning i don't need to waste the tech now i can wait make everybody think that scarf is just how this mon comes <laughs> and then bring the tech in playoffs but when it came time to prep against you snag i realized i couldn't bring it anything but scarf because i needed the speed yeah yeah like you you have to outdo coco or that dazzling gleam just destroys high dragon yeah yeah absolutely i mean knowing now that you were specially offensive i might have been able to live one t-bolt with a raquinid and mirror coat you uh but that would have mm. been a close thing because of because of electric terrain and even a little bit of chip damage removes that option so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you went out into Cryogonal into a Discharge. Uh, I was running Discharge, hoping to land some Paras this week and again, slow some things down. Uh, unfortunately, did not get a Para on that turn. Uh, and then it was my turn to swap out into Mew. Yeah, and with that, I mean, uh, with Mew out and with uh, Cryogonal, I didn't necessarily play it great. Uh, I, I did uh, Toxic, which did Toxic your Mew, yes. But then uh, with Synchronize, it just went right back at me. So I'm now dealing with a, uh, a Toxic uh, Pokemon. And uh, looking back, like right after the match, I was like, you know what? I played a little bit too fast and loose, loose with Cryogonal. I could have held on to it. And we'll talk about why in a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, you did click Toxic on the swapping turn. So, in your defense, you didn't know you were Toxicing them. You, That's you true. were trying to tax Toxic the to Wash. Um, but I was able to get you back with Synchronize, so that was real great. Um, I was running a bulky, supportive Mew set this week. It was really the only thing that made sense. Um, and we decided to run... Stealth Rocks, Thunder Wave, again, if we can slow down, particularly Latios, if we'd been able to catch Lottie with a T-Wave, that would have been huge. Mm -hmm. uh, we were running uh, Knockoff because getting rid of things like Leftovers on the Celesteela and Eviolite on Porygon could be really, really important. Of course. And we were running U-Turn for pivoting. No no Roost this week, which was scary. Mew likes to have that Roost, but we just couldn't fit it. Uh, four Move Slot Syndrome is always a very real thing with Mew. Mm -hmm. So we had a couple of turns there where you were recovering up, trying to stall me out with Cryogonal. But in those turns, I was able to knock off his lefties and set up Stealth Rock. So that was very, very good. At that point, since you were just sitting there and, and fairly passively recovering on Cryogonal, I was like, okay, the, the best thing then is going to be to try to get Donphan back out while I can. So I can head smash at least one more time before he goes down. Fortunately for me, I clicked U-turn on the same turn that you hard swapped into Lottie. And I yeah. was able to hit him very very hard with that u-turn yeah it was like 60 some percent uh, i was 45 uh, but with the rocks yeah. damage yeah that's right yeah well yeah, over so, half yeah and that's when i'm like oh man like that was, that was another thing where like i should have i mean it's Part of me is like, I should have expected that, but also, like, how do you expect anything from you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I very easily, I could have gone Psyche and Z there. I could have, I mean, I could have had Fire Blast to deal with Cryogonal. Like, there's there's so many different things. Like, there's no real way to know. Yeah, I'm a little surprised it didn't, just because, I mean, uh, from my perspective, like, I was one of the things I was worried about is, like, yeah, I brought a lot of things that were weak to fire. Uh, and so, like, Mew and Hydragon are two of your best options for doing that those fire attacks. Yeah, I mean, I was running the Fire Blast on High Dragon, um, but ultimately it just felt like in this matchup, given the way the speed tiers played out, Mew was much better off playing a more supportive role. So that's just what we went with. But yeah, we got we got Donphan out, still toxic, still just above half health in front of Latios. And this was this was ideal situation for me because I was fairly certain that we could live any one attack from Lottie at this much health, and we were gonna get a head smash off. And given the fact that Celesteela was 
was below half health or right around hovering around half health, something was going to die here. The only thing that could have lived this hit was Porygon 2. Uh, and even then, that would have been taking a big chunk out of Porygon. So that still would have been a win. Yeah, yeah, it definitely would have. And uh, this is where, so uh, I, I have to run the calcs again to see if uh, Latios with Ice Beam might have been, been able to get it, but I don't know. Um, but really, like in hindsight, I shouldn't have, have thrown Cryagonal in here. I think I probably rather would have lost Celesteela. I mean, Celesteela did do work later, but like Cryagonal was one of my hazard removers. And with it gone, I, I now kind of, uh, my other hazard remover was, was Coco. Coco actually had Defog, which came into play, but Coco was also kind of my win con, so I kind of put myself in a bind there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that there was necessarily a good play there, though. And actually, you're right. Looking at it now, I don't know your exact set, but if you were modest, at least, Ice Beam would have done it. Uh, I was running max speed. I had a magical aid. <laughs> okay, okay. Then in, in that case, it might not have. It would have been a roll. But yeah, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. but at the same time, do you really want to risk that Latios this early in the match? Um, yeah. So I definitely understand why you made the play you did. But yeah, you did go out to Cryogonal. Uh, Cryogonal did eat a big head head smash on the way in and that was that was all she wrote for frisbee yep of course the the recoil damage and the toxic brought don fan real low and lottie was able to come back out and just mop him up at that point yep now at this point in the match i brought out rotom once again uh and i was actually running i thought it was a pretty cool bit of tech i was running shadow ball um specifically to hit things like lottie which is a be beautiful tech i mean that's like you need to bring that but when porygon 2 comes back in <laughs> yeah porygon 2 came right back into it and ate it for free and i even thought that i was like man i should probably just volt switch here but i didn't and so you got a free switch into porygon so that that kind of stunk for me i also got a free levitate on porygon which i'm not running a ton of earthquake especially with fan down yeah but i definitely had to pay attention to that so at that point i hard swapped back into mew and ate a a crit foul play on the switch in which was not doing him any favors already toxic and and down substantially low i went immediately for the knockoff trying to get that eviolite off of porygon which, uh, which is the the right play and i'm like i'm not ready to let that fall off of because I, I knew you had it because you knocked cragonals uh, leftovers off yeah so it's like not great, but like Celesteela has some other ways to handle uh, handle uh, healing back up. So I let uh, Cryogonal lose the leftovers. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, again, that was that was a trade I was willing to make. I'd have rather got the Eviolite off of Porygon, but Celesteela is a mod that I was very very aware of, and so just whittling it down, bringing its health lower, and removing its options for recovery was was a solid win in my book. I, I went into T Wave at this point, which also missed, which. At this point, I was starting to tilt a little bit at getting like all these back-to-back -back misses in the most important match of the season. But you know, that's Pokemon; it happens. Yeah, no, uh, you did. Uh, there are a lot of hacks that went my way and not yours, and uh, you, you know, you kept through cool through a lot of it. So, that, that's, yeah, kudos to you for the good play. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. At that point, Mew went down to the heavy slam from Celesteela, which is a little bit unfortunate. I'd have gone down to Toxic either way, but going down to Steela allowed it to get the beast boost. However, I went right into Rotom Wash and that threatened out Steela. Steela did not stay in despite the Spadef up uh, and went back out into Porygon 2. Although this time I did click Volt Switch, so I was able to get the switch momentum and bring out Araquanid. Yeah, and that, uh, yeah, Araquanid was really scary. This was probably the MVP of the match because what it did in the next turn uh, was put up Sticky Webs. 
Yeah, and again, I was very, very cognizant coming into this match that speed control was going to be super important. Webs were not a perfect answer because of Latios. Uh, its ability to levitate and, and go fast regardless uh, was a big, big problem. I was also running Jolly Max Speed Gallade for the same reason. I knew that I had to match, if not beat Lottie with that thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, I knew that for Coco, uh, for Sneasel, if it came, for Verizion, if it came, uh, I really, really needed to get webs on the field. And so I was just watching for my opportunity all no. match. No, absolutely. And like uh, webs uh, specifically was one of the reasons why I bought I brought two hazard removers. And unfortunately, at this point, one of them had gone down. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I will say kudos. I. When when Cryogonal went down, I thought that my hazards were safe. The fact that you did double up and bring it on Coco, too, like that was really, really good prep. But yeah, I, I did come out in the skitters. Uh, you recovered on your Porygon, and I was able to set webs uh, in exchange for a Thunder Wave, which, again, was a trade that I was perfectly willing to make at that point. Uh, Iraq when it's already very slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but more so the reason for the foul play is for the series of hacks that came afterwards, because it missed a Toxic. Yep, I, and- <laughs> I, I missed a Toxic, and then over the course of, like, five turns, I got three full paras. So you definitely got value out of that T-Wave. Yes, definitely, but... Yeah, that, uh, just, I'm not entirely sure how, but the Arachnid with Liquidation is really, really, really scary. Like, it threatened a lot of my Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, Arachnid is just one of those Mon that you don't really think of as, like, a top-tier offensive threat, mostly because of its speed, uh, and the fact that, you know, almost every team runs an electric. So, you, you, you go, yeah, okay, I can handle that, but it's so incredibly bulky, especially, and it hits so hard with its water bubble ability uh, that it's it's just a real monster. It's been a, a real standout this season. But I stayed in for several turns, um, just just clicking Liquidate. I was able to finally get the Toxic off on mm-hmm. Porygon 2, which was really, really important because I was starting to realize that with Scarf on two of my four remaining Mon, I, I really lacked the muscle to break through that thing without a boost, and you had shown the foul play. And I knew that if I let you get a foul play off on Gallade, he was going to be in big, big trouble. So thankfully, I was able to land the Toxic. I was able to get Porygon down to about half health, and I was able to predict the recover and get Gallade in for free, which was huge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and at that point, I was able to Mega Evolve and click Close Combat and know that I mean, something was going down at that point. Celesteela was low enough and Lottie was low enough that even on the resisted hit, they'd have been in trouble. Uh, and Coco, even at full health, would have come into Sticky Webs, ate a big hit, and then been outsped. So mm. at that point, it was just a matter of who's going down. Uh, and you chose to stay in with Porygon 2 and, and let him go. Yeah, at that point, like, there wasn't, like, I knew something was going to go down, and, uh, especially with the webs out, like, I wanted to keep, uh, Stila and, uh, Latios, uh, so that they wouldn't, you know, that the webs wouldn't affect them, necessarily, so, uh, I brought Coco out, and, uh, this is where, uh, I was actually impressed I was able to get one defog off. So that was, that was really nice. Yeah, I knew I had to preserve Gallade here. Like, he wasn't ready to sweep. He he needed a boost to break through Coco. And, and so I swapped out. I was expecting, like, a big T-Bolt. Um, but, yeah, you were able to get the defog off and get rid of those webs. Uh, unfortunately for you, I went out into Araquanid. I was expecting a T-Bolt to remove the option to reset webs. But, obviously, now with hindsight, I know that you were specs and you couldn't. So you swapped out and I was able to get the webs back up. Yep. Yeah, so that was that was just really unfortunate on your part because you were in a position where where you had me on speed at that point. Well, I mean, I guess I have Scarfers, so not entirely, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, at that 
I mean, so you could have uh, you could have done some damage on Coco, but it would have taken out Glade with either the Dazzling Gleam or the Thunderbolt or something. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, at that point, my best option for dealing with Coco was probably to land a Hydro Pump with Rotom, let Rotom go down, and then try to finish it off with Hydreigon. But there was no there was no easy one and done at that mm-hmm. point in the match. You went out into your Celesteela. Um, you were able to land a Leech Seed on Araquanid as Araquanid got a Liquidation off and almost brought Steela down, brought it down to 1%, uh, but Steela persevered and got the Leech Seed healing off. I hard swapped out into Rotom Wash as you pr- protected once again on the predicted protect. And then finally, I was able to Volt Switch on Rotom and and finally remove that that huge nuisance of a Celesteela. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where, again, I made the decision that, you know, it, it's uh, Celesteela's kind of run its course. It's better to sack and get a Mon in for, get something in uh, that can be more effective uh, in the plays rather than uh, try to hold on to that. So Yeah, I, I think it was definitely the correct choice. Um, now, I did click Volt Switch, which meant that I had to seed the switch momentum to you. Um, I had to switch first, and I decided to just go ahead and bring out Mondo the High Dragon, figuring I could outspeed anything at this point uh, with a U-turn. And you actually brought out your your choice banded Sneasel. Correct, Yes. Now, I could tell from the damage, because you went for Ice Shard, so you actually did outspeed High Dragon with the priority and land that, that Ice Shard, and I could tell from the damage that it was banded, and that's when I realized, okay, Banned Sneasel does less than a third to Gallade, this is my setup chance. Yeah, it was, and good, good call on that, like... At this point, uh, I decided to... I tried to move some things around, and this is, you know, the setup on this with the webs out, like, Coco, at this point, could not take out webs and also fight back on the Glade, because the Glade was going to outspeed it, as well as the Rotom and the Hydreigon. So, I tried to maneuver things, I sat for a minute, and I thought, okay, if I put this out, and then do this, and make this happen, but at this point, uh, Glade was just uh, too fast and uh, too strong. (laughs) Yeah, there were, there were, I mean, it wasn't totally wrapped up at this point, but it would have required like a Zen headbutt miss, I think, or actually it was really smart because you didn't stay in on Sneasel uh, after I set up the swords dance. You hard swapped into Lottie and sacked it. And I thought that maybe with the close combat reduction in defense, that that might just allow you to squeak out a KO with Ice Shard. Um, but. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, uh, you went into Coco. I landed the Zen headbutt and removed it. And I think at that point you were just seeding because you did not go for the ice shard and you let Sneasel go down to Gallade. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, even at that point, if, uh, if I get the ice shard off to take out Gallade, it's not going to ice shard out the, the Rotom. It's not going to ice shard out the, the Araquanid. So yeah, at that point you're playing for differential and it's the last match of the season. Differential yeah, so, is <laughs> exactly. less important than it's ever been so yeah guys that is the match with that uh my naptown ninja asks take home the w with a 4-0 win uh with rotom wash neutron the rotom wash arnold the mega Gallade, skitters the araquanid and mondo the hydragon remaining but all sincerity all props do uh great game great game all season snag you have uh truly you've been almost the roller coaster story of the season um <laughs> again falling to one and two climbing way way back up and, and managing to win upset victories back to back in the playoffs to keep your hope alive uh, and make it to the final so so great job I, I could not have asked for a better opponent 
Well, thank you for the props. I appreciate you talking to me up, but uh, Jolly, congratulations to you for winning season one of Upple. I mean, uh, this was a, a very interesting prospect, and I was very excited to be part of it. And it was a, you know, it was a very good first season, and um, you know, you earned every victory that you got, especially this one. So congratulations to you, Jolly. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. So yeah, that is that's our match this week, guys. That's our match. Period. That is the end of season one. Your Naptown Ninjasks bring home the cup and will sit as your reigning champions until season two comes around. Uh, maybe in a a certain European-inspired region of <laughs> of legend and yore uh, coming to a switch near you. Um, so we're we're real real excited to bring you that. But of course. We want you to know what you can expect us to bring you in the meantime, because it's going to be a while before we're ready to jump back in with a whole new season. And we're not just going away, guys. The show is not going away. So, a couple of things. This show, the, the United Podcasters Pokemon League Battle Spot, will no longer be weekly in the off season. I don't have weekly matches to go over with you. I don't have weekly content right now. Uh, I just, on top of the other shows that we make, like, do you want me to die? I, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to give you something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to transition over to a monthly format, and it's going to be more of like a discussion and topic show talking about various competitive topics. So uh, if you have any ideas for show topics, if you have any questions, things that you don't understand, or didn't understand when you were newer about competitive Pokemon. If you want to learn more about draft format, if you want to learn more about VGC, about Smogon, about the battle spot, about any form of competitive Pokemon, uh, be sure to send those in to us. You can actually email this show at officialuppl at gmail.com uh, and send all of your, your show topic suggestions, all of your questions. Uh, maybe they'll make it into the show. Uh, but once a month, we're going to have a different uh, UPPL coach or an, another community member of notes uh, on, and we're going to talk about those kind of topics. So look forward to that. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see what this what we can do in the off season, and uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to season two. Yeah, now season two is not going to come until Generation Eight is live. Um, I, I know I already kind of hinted that, but we'll just go ahead and spell it straight out. Uh, it's going to be 2020 before season two goes live. Uh, but that's not we're not going to make you wait until next year for new battles. Uh, we are going to do what we're calling our off season exhibition uh, sometime in the late summer. So you can look forward to that. I'm not going to talk about that more right now, but you just know that you can look forward to that this summer. And last but not least, if you've enjoyed seeing our shows specifically duke it out, if you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation with your torches and your pitchforks out against the boys over at Puckle, or vice versa, <laughs> if I am your supervillain for bringing down your Puckle overlords and you want a piece of my hide, uh, well, guess what? I've been talking to our good buddy Thatch over at Puckle, and uh, we've got some war games planned, so stay tuned. Uh, this This battle is not decided tonight. I, I am very excited to see what what you guys are cooking. Thatch hasn't let me in, in, in on much. All he says is that uh, there are there are plans, but Upple has to finish first. So this is the first <laughs> step in finding out what what we got going. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real good time. So hopefully you're listening to both of our shows. They're both real real good. Uh, and if you are, we'll definitely keep you keep you up on on what we're doing. But yeah, that is gonna be it for tonight, and that's gonna be it for 
season one of the United Podcasters Pokemon League. As your season one champion, as your commissioner, as your host, thank you everyone uh, for taking this journey with us. I mean, when we started, like this was a very experimental project. You know, obviously draft leagues are really big and really successful all over, but doing one that's primarily making content like on an audio medium was, was just so different. And I wasn't sure if we were going to capture an audience, but we did, we, we captured a lot of my audience. We captured a lot of your audience snag. We captured a lot of people who hadn't listened to either of our shows and just love good competitive. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much for coming along with us. And, and I hope that you'll continue to enjoy the ride as this show evolves. And as our league evolves going into the new format. Yeah, definitely glad to be a part of it. And, uh, it, you know, one of the things that you had set out to do with this league was to expose uh, really other fans of our, our podcast to different podcasts. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, uh, Rollout uh, has had uh, a spike in listenership and uh, people like joining our Discord. And uh, to see that there are uh, there are a few, like, cross-community members between uh, Puckle and, and Blastburn. And so it's just really good to see our communities grow. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what more we can do with this. Yep, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Uh, stay tuned. We ain't going nowhere. But yeah, that's that's going to be it for our show tonight. Um, Snag, if any of our listeners want to check out uh, you and your projects, where can they find you around the web? On Twitter, you can find me at Prof Snag. And then uh, you can find me on a couple of podcasts. Uh, the, the week that this comes out, I'm actually on the most recent episode of Puckle. So if you go check out episode 386, you can hear me talk about that. Uh, I also host on our Puckle Plus feed, Game Corn, which is a monthly trivia show. We have a lot of fun with that. That'll be coming out next week. And then uh, check us out on Pokemon Rollout. Uh, it's a real play uh, Pokemon Tabletop United podcast. Uh, we have a lot of fun and people seem to like it. So come have a listen. Awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. I like Rollout a lot. I say that every time you're on Snag and I mean it every time. Rollout's and, a real and, good And show. I appreciate it. Spe- <laughs> speaking of which, you need to get me the details on uh, Blastburn uh, uh, Tabletop Adventures. I need to check that out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, we're actually, we're heading into our, our long form campaign. So if you haven't checked out Blastburn Radio Adventures yet and you, you dig those good, good role play boys, um, give us a shot. Our, our pilot arc is done. You've got a nice little self contained story that you can check out and figure out if that's your flavor. But yeah, I have been your commissioner, your champion, your best friend, Jolly by Nature. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at BBR Jolly if you're of a mind to. Uh, you should definitely follow the league at official UP. PPL, especially as we're entering into this kind of transitory state. We'll be sure to keep you up to date on what is happening with the UPPL all around the web. Uh, I am weekly on one of the shows that comes through the Blastburn Radio feed on all of your podcatchers of choice. If you haven't checked it out yet, maybe do so. I think we're funny. Sometimes we're not. <laughs> um, I laughed for about... 30 minutes at a really dumb joke that mess made on the podcast this week. And I also referenced clown porn. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing that happened. Uh, we were buck fucking wild this week. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, last but not least, if you enjoy the UPPL battle spot, if you enjoy Blastburn radio, uh, if you want to support us and the projects that we do and make and are, uh, you can visit patreon.com slash challenge accepted media. You can support us with a small monthly donation. And with your donation, you can earn exclusive rewards. 
rewards. We genuinely appreciate all of our supporters who choose to support us with your wallets. We know that things are hard right now all over, and the fact that you choose to give to us so that we can continue to entertain you, it means more than you know. But that's going to be it for us tonight, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. For the United Podcasters Pokemon League, I have been Jolly by Nature, and I will see you guys on the battlefield. The United Podcasters Pokemon League and the UPPL Battlespot Podcasts are a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. If you enjoy UPPL, Blastburn Radio, or any of our other projects, you can support us at patreon.com slash challengeacceptedmedia. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Game Freak, Nintendo, and the Pokemon Company. Opening and closing music for today's episode is the Pokemon X and Y Super Training Remix by Glitch X City. You can check out this great track and all her other work on SoundCloud or YouTube at Glitch X City. Design work for UPPL was provided by Wise Digital Designs. You can check out all his great work or contact him for commissions on Twitter at WiseDigiDesigns. The United Podcasters Pokemon League and its producers and coaches are solely responsible for its content. <laughs>